Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Now, I'd love any app that helps store owners make more money. Bold Apps Quantity Breaks is just one of those apps. So if you sell any item that customers sometimes buy more than one of, you really should be incentivizing them to do so. Bold Apps Quantity Breaks lets you add tiered pricing or bulk pricing easily to your products. It's got a little built-in widgets that even let customers see the savings right on the product and in the cart. If you want to try Quantity Breaks out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines, and it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability, and it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from Each Cycle headquarters outside Chicago. And today I wanted to discuss with you e-commerce trends that are going on right now. And we say, you know, I, I see these articles and stories pop up regularly, and certainly I have, I have contributed to them, uh, absolutely. But they're always interesting to see um, the things that are, are catching on as trends. And we, you know, truly they are trends, just as in fashion, you'll see the same things happen in web design. That's kind of interesting to go back and see what trends stick around and, um, and what, what don't survive through the year. But you want to have you know, a website that meets your customers' expectations. And that's where sometimes you're following trends, pick, cherry picking the stuff that really makes sense for your brand, for your customer experience, can be hugely beneficial to your conversion rate, to your average order value. So uh, one of my one of my internet friends reached out to me, Kaylee Moore, who is a wonderful writer. She's got written um, some, some interesting articles I caught on copy hackers, which I love a lot, and has written tons of stuff, like more than I could go through for Inc. Inc. Magazine, Inc.com, um, as well as Entrepreneur Magazine. Just fantastic. But Kaylee Moore, she's a freelance writer. She specializes in e-commerce, um, and she's been doing so for at least four years, working with, with various e-commerce platforms and publications like the ones I mentioned, to highlight the best practices, new data, and rapid growth associated with online sales. So she is joining us today to talk through some of those trends that she's been seeing right now. She's got her ear to the ground. So Kaylee, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's nice to talk to you. Oh, my honor and pleasure to have you. So what are, what are some of these top trends you're seeing right now? 
So some of the top trends that I'm seeing right now, a lot of them happen to fall into the product page category. And I, that makes kind of a lot of sense because that's where all the action's happening. That's where the conversions are happening. And so that's where people really want to optimize. So one of, the, one of the first ones I'm seeing more and more of is the use of video and GIFs or GIFs, however you want to say that. It's GIFs. Um, yes, okay. <laughs> I fall in the GIF camp. Okay, GIF camp it is. Um, but yeah, seeing those on product pages so that the customer has a more well-rounded picture of what the product looks like and what it's it's doing when it's being used. So especially for apparel brands, for beauty brands, having these kind of moving pictures, moving beyond the static image and having these um, visuals that give a, a better idea of what the product looks like when it's in use is one that I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I've seen especially one that pops into my mind right off the bat is Forever 21. For a long time, they were an e-commerce brand that just used static images. And now I'm seeing more and more of these moving images being integrated into kind of broad category product pages and then on the landing page for the product itself. So I think that that's really interesting. So we're seeing, uh, you're seeing um, animated GIFs being used on collection or category pages and then also on the... Um, on the product page itself. Correct. Okay. I, uh, I've implemented this for a few clients and every time it has worked really well. We've seen this work well for, um, for KeySmart. It's been great, um, for recycled firefighters, a good one. I'll show, I'll throw those, uh, those product page links into the show notes. Um, but yeah, when you don't, when people can't go into a store, they can't pick up, see, feel, touch the product, having, a 360 degree view, be it a GIF or a video, really is, is tremendously helpful to get a much better concept of, hey, this is what this thing looks like. Um, that's, I like those, and I, there's no reason not to combine them. You know, I, I think the ideal combo would be um, an animated GIF of a 360 degree view, so you show it from like, you shoot it at eight angles on, the, on a Lazy Susan, um, and it comes out, very cool result. So people can, at a glance, see, hey, this is what this thing looks like from all angles, you know, in different lights. And it just gives a kind of a, makes it very real and cool. Um, and then including a video. And the video could even be, you know, I, my ideal video is you, the, you as creator of the product, have the product in your hands. And as a talking head, walk us through the product in a few minutes. And I think, like, it's so powerful to make the thing real and help people understand it and connect with them. And I think at the same time, it also just screams professionalism. I agree. And it adds so much context, too. Like you said, I mean, you can't have the item in your hand when you're shopping online. So having that kind of visual is a really powerful asset to add to both the product page and category pages. I think it makes a big, big difference. No, absolutely. Okay, so what, uh, what else? So another thing I'm seeing a lot of are these notify me email opt-ins on for restock notices on product pages. So um, if it's a size or a color or some sort of option on the product page that's currently out of stock, they're adding e-commerce retailers are adding these opt-ins so that people can get email notifications as soon as that comes back in stock. And I think that that's really smart because in a way it's, it's automatic lead generation. It's a great way to know which products are your most popular and you know, it helps you with reordering product with restocking. It's a really smart way to um, also deliver a really personalized follow-up email or or additional marketing material, whatever it may be, because you know exactly what the customer wants. They're telling you, they're opting in. It's a way to kind of filter 
um, and create segments for customers and, and have them do it on their own instead of saying, you know, oh, you purchased this item, you might also like this. This tells you exactly what the customer is looking for that they couldn't check out with at the time, and it helps you follow up with the most, you know, exactly what the customer wants at the right time. Oh, for sure. The I like, um, you know, some sh- I've seen some Shopify themes do this out of the box, where if the, let's say, I mean, you have to be tracking inventory, number one, um, for this to work, but if, and you uh, have allow back orders unchecked. So we don't, if the item hits zero, we just stop. We swap out that add to cart button for essentially an opt-in form. Um, and some Shopify themes will do this out of the box, but it's not, it's better than nothing. It's not the greatest implementation because it just sends you, it's essentially a form and it just sends you an email. Most of them will just send you an email saying, hey, you know, person, this email was looking for this product. And then it's up to you as the store owner to figure out something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're much better, and I can't, you know, there's, there's several, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, there are several apps that do this stuff automatically where um, the item's out of stock, person puts their email address in, and then when the app sees the item come back into stock, it automatically notifies all those people, hey, this item is available for order. Um, but I also, I, I think it's a, it improves the customer service experience. It lets you leverage you're still getting value out of these um, out of items that may be out of stock for you, um, or you can have products uh, that say you have no intention of restocking or it isn't realistic to restock. You could keep those in your product category for you know SEO fodder, um, and then try and call, get people onto a list that way. Um, but in general, we see like more. I'm seeing more and more transparency around inventory, especially with. Um, you know, being that it's these apps and services now make it so easy for everyone, even small shops, to have you know live real-time inventory tracking up there. Um, so, like one cool, that's I'll, I'll plug our new app, Wall Supplies Last, um, does that where it looks at your inventory and then because you're tracking your inventory in Shopify, it can show a little note that says, "Hey, uh, you know, only there are only nine left of this of this widget left. Order soon," and then that adds uh, a nice. Uh, nice bit of urgency to get people to order. And then once you hit zero, okay, now you flip it out for this opt-in form. So that way you're always getting the most value out of out of your inventory. Yeah, I use those all the time. I'm always opting in when something's sold out so I can get the notification when it comes back because, you know, that's the the path of least resistance to not having to go back and check all the time by yourself. It just takes that legwork out completely. Yeah, and realistically, you know, what are the chances that they're actually going to do that to go back and look at what they're, right. they're running unless you really want it yeah of course <laughs> yeah so another one another one i'm seeing a lot of is um kind of taking things a step beyond the the standard product pairing suggestions you know these features that say things like you may also like what i'm seeing more of now is people are looking for unique ways to pair products to increase average order value. So Madewell, for example, just came out with a line of intimates. Um, and what they've done is they've added a, a feature on product pages that says to wear underneath. So they have clothing items that they sell. That's kind of the bulk of their, their products, but now they've added this new line. So they're pairing this new product line with, you know, their, the normal products that they offer, the clothing, the shoes, the bags, things like that. And they're suggesting products that, pair nicely with other items. And I think that that's a really great way to 
help the discovery process to boost average order value to get people clicking through more pages. And it's a little bit, it's, it's a unique approach to personalization because it's not, it's not using data to say customers who bought this item also purchased this. It's saying, you know, you, you might not even know we have these products, but we do. And here they are. So I think that that's a great way to, to keep people moving through the site and looking at new products, especially when it's a brand new product line. Off the top of your head, do you know um, what product category they have that would have this in action? Um, I think I think almost any of their clothing items, these these items come up. So tops, pants, jackets, things like that. Standard clothing items. Okay, cool, cool. I will I will poke around on their site see if I can get a good example where it says uh, where I could find one that does it. Shoot. I'm just clicking around randomly now. <laughs> I'm just getting, like, it pops up with you might also like, but it's it's other stuff in the same category. Darn it! All right, I'll poke around later more. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And too often the people are using the you might also like as a bit of a safety net, where they mm -hmm. say they're assuming that the product you're looking at isn't the right one. So then we've got the you might also like as this internal linking SEO effort and also as the safety net where it's like, well, wait, wait, if you're not going to buy this, here's some other stuff that's kind of similar, same thing, maybe buy that instead versus approaching it as, hey, if you're looking at this, you know, maybe there's items in new categories. So we're encouraging um, product discovery in an entirely new, um, you know, a, a new situation. So yeah. and if I click, I'm clicking around on their site. I want to see what their shopping cart looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you go, so if you add the item, so I added a jean jacket to my cart. When I get into the cart, it says, we think you'll also like, and then all of it is underwear. Yeah, there you go. So there it is. Very cool. <laughs> jacket and underwear. What yeah, more do you need? <laughs> yeah, I, this better be a long jacket. Um, <laughs> I will add, okay, I will include Madewell in the show notes since that's cool. Uh, other, th I mean, those are all, those three, those three things combined are enough to, to boost and add revenue um, and an improved customer service experience to a website to all around improve it and add, um, boost several key, key metrics. Are there any others? Yeah, um, these two, I mean, the last two kind of go together. Um, they're really kind of buyer's guides that I'm seeing where it's for people who aren't quite sure what they're looking for. They know what they want, but they don't know what the exact product that matches those needs are. So sometimes people are using interactive content to help people enter a little bit of input and then generate some outputs, which narrows down, if you have a lot of products, it narrows it down to a more relevant group of products to display. Um, so Runner's World is an example of a company that does this with their running shoes. People can enter some insights on gender and type of running that they do, and then it, it really narrows down the product selection that's displayed. So it's a tool that helps them discover the right products based on the type of running that they're going to be doing, which I think is a really nice way for uh, customers who are not sure what they need to find exactly what they need. And then the other half of that is people are doing uh, in-depth buyer's guides where uh, if you have a huge product catalog, people can use these buyer's guides to really kind of navigate the, the product discovery process and to figure out based on what they're trying to accomplish, what the best products or group of products um, are for their needs. And so 
Um, lots of companies do this. It's great for automotive. It's great for um, like home supplies, home um, like stoves and refrigerators, things like that. And it just, it's an educational tool as well, which I love. It helps people learn what the, the products do and the features and the benefits and all those good things in a really helpful interactive format. No, it's very clever. Um, yeah, I love buyer's guides and there's no, you really, there's no app needed. I mean, it's just a matter of, hey, can you write a buyer's guide? And hopefully you know your product category and your customers well enough where you know the, the questions they're asking, what there's what their pain points are, what's causing confusion for them, that you could write, write a, you know, a, a thousand word guide saying, hey, this is what you got to do, or simplify it even further and turn it, um, I mean, if you want to get really fancy, you could do like a configurator type thing, where it, a choose your own adventure where it asks a series of questions. But, you know, do you really need to do that? I, mean, I Probably not. Um, just having, you're helping, you're helping people segment themselves into mm -hmm. what is the right product for them based on their needs. Um, and oftentimes it can, you, know, you can extend this idea further to uh, get people to segment themselves in new versus returning customers. So you know, I've got uh, two, two client sites, the Bra Lab, who sells a, a bra that clasps on the side. So it's kind of a, it's a unique product. Um, and then uh, KeySmart, who sells this key organizer. So totally different categories, but they both, to great effect, use this clever trick where on the site, right under the header image, it says, like, I already own this product, or I need this product, something to that effect. Um, and doing that segments people into whether they're going to see, um, like, you know, post-purchase accessory upsell type stuff for, mm. the, like, the primary product, or send them to the primary product to into a product page that really explains it very well. says, Hey, this is what we're about. But I think if you've got, you know, even more product choices and the person self selects as I am new to this, then you could send them into a buyer's guide with links to um, those other products. And you like, I see this done so rarely, which is crazy because if I walk into say like my friend owns a recumbent bike shop, if I walk into the bike shop, first thing someone's going to say to me is, hey, what brings you in today? And if I say, oh, well, I'm interested in a recumbent bike, then they're going to start asking me questions. Well, what kind of riding do you do? Oh, okay, well, I'm commuting. Oh, okay. So they're, like, they're doing the buyer's guide in person, and no one thinks twice about that. That would be the expectation for walking into a specialty retail store versus on a website we're just like, well, here's our product catalog. We barfed it out on you. Figure it out, dummy. And then we're like, why, does my web why do only one in 100 visitors buy from my website? What? What? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So That's so true. You know, looking at it, that's the first time I thought about it that way, so it's an interesting point. Um, but looking at it through that lens, now it seems like madness to do anything else. <laughs> there you go. Everybody needs one. The, everybody's got to write a buyer's guide. Get to work. Um, <laughs> hire, hire a copywriter. Uh, yeah, there you go. The, okay, so it sounds like you do a lot of online shopping. I think we all do at this point. Um, I'm yes. no different, but as... As an e-commerce customer, a consumer—I hate that word, consumer—which of you know which of these trends is most important to you as a buyer? Where would you start? Where, how would you prioritize these things? I think the the videos on the product pages and category pages is kind of a no-brainer because, like we were discussing, you can't look at these products firsthand. You can't hold them. You can't try them on. So seeing them on somebody else, I'm thinking apparel because that's usually what I'm shopping for. Um, but when you can see those in that context, that instantly for me, at least is a conversion booster because I'm not guessing at, well, how is this going to look when I try it on? 
it, it just kind of helps me overcome the obstacle of I'm not going to like this or it's not going to look like this on me. I, you know, I don't want to waste my time with trying it on and sending it back. Having that type of visual, I would say 90% of the time is the one thing that gets me to, to check out and purchase. So, you know, t- take that as one consumer's opinion, consumer again, I know you hate that word, but, um, for it's, me, that's it's huge. One, yeah. It's anecdata. It's one data point. Um, but I've seen it borne out like any, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to avoid fashion and apparel brands because I think that is absolutely one of the toughest e-commerce verticals to be in. And one of the biggest things is that, you know, you're, you have to start, um, you're struggling with, with this huge objection, which is I can't try it on. So like at the very least it's okay. You got to do free returns and shipping. Well, that's a big Mm -hmm. pain. Like if I, you know, trying something on in the store, again, we're comparing this to the store experience. Like is the e-commerce experience any better? I don't know. Um, And that's where you have to come up with these, these clever ways for people to see, Hey, this is how this is going to fit on me. This is how it's going to look on me. This is the size I'm going to need to remove all those pain points. Cause ultimately like any purchase anyone makes is, most purchases are going to be around uh, this perception of, does this increase my status? Like, does this increase how I feel? Does it improve how I feel? Does it improve how I see myself? Um, does it some way improve my perceived status of myself? Um, and clothes are a big part of that. It's very personal. So, you know, if they don't fit well, this is certainly going to, you know, decrease our status regardless of what brand it is. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, sure. I, I don't envy fat people in fashion and apparel because you, <laughs> you have to fight this. It's so it's yeah. very difficult. I, yeah, same here. I, that's got to be a ton of work, but um, not for me. <laughs> I like being on the customer side of that equation for sure. <laughs> very good. So it, it works out. Um, okay. So as – I don't know that you'll know the, the answer to this since you are on the um, – since you're a copywriter and maybe it's technical – but do you know, do you have any thoughts on how e-commerce brands can go about integrating these trends into their own businesses? Um, some of it does have to do with writing, but some of it, like you said, some of it depends on the theme that you're using for your store or, you know, how much you can, how much you can integrate with different apps and tools. Um, there are a lot of great add-ons out there that make this super, super easy, um, it just kind of depends on your operation, I think, um, and how much time you have. Also, you know, time is a resource to invest into doing these things well. So if you're if you're just kind of wanting to wing it or just test it out, throw it on there, I don't think it's that it's it's not always a smart idea. I think you really have to have the bandwidth to be able to do it well and to test it and to see what's working, what's not. So. Um, it's a it's a question of resources for sure for a lot of people, um, and I, I think that that's probably the best way to approach this type of thing too is just to really be honest with yourself and say can I can I really test this and do a good job of figuring out what works about it and what I need to do to make it uh, work the best possible way. Yeah, and I think there's you could I think you could take a data driven approach to this, um, whereas if you look at your in Shopify, you could see your conversion funnel will go percent purchase, percent reach checkout, percent added to cart. Well, if you don't have, like, if there's very little drop-off between added to cart and purchased, that tells us that, like, there's, all right, you don't have any issues with trust necessarily. The issue is with getting people to add the product to the cart. So maybe they've got, you know, all kinds of questions and objections that you aren't answering. 
Um, that's where I would, you know, many of your, your product page ideas I think would be very helpful. But it's also possible they're not even getting to the product. They're not even finding it. They're landing on a home page, a category page, and bouncing um, because they're, they're overwhelmed, confused, and they give up. It's very easy to, to overwhelm people online because I, like, I don't have to be here. It, it is as mm-hmm. simple as me clicking the back button or just going over to, you know, tabbing over to Facebook, and I'm done. I've forgotten about your website. And that's where, you know, of these, many are, you know, are, are technical tricks, but I like the video or animated GIF. I think at this point, um, if you don't have, if you've got a new product, something that people haven't seen before, 100%, I would do one or both of those things. And then second, educating customers with this buyer's guide. That's where I would go. Um, that's where I would, I would put my resources, especially right now is the summer. Let's start thinking about how we're going to get ready, get our stores going before Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see see these buyer guides so we can help people. And that's a good SEO effort. It's a good thing you could start getting out there using in, in content marketing and newsletters, et cetera. How would you go about writing a buyer's guide? What are I'm sure you have some thoughts there. Yeah, I think I think it's really about asking yourself which questions do you get most frequently and what are the pain points? So if you could kind of break things down and I mean you know your customers when you're when you're sitting down to write one of these. You really have to think about what are the things that are keeping them from making a purchase? Is it that they don't know what they want? Is it that they are facing some obstacles that you need to help them overcome? Is it a matter of education? Do you need to kind of really spell out the features and the benefits and all the things that these products do? If you can take that approach and walk them through, just like you said, if, as if you were standing there in person talking to them in store, how would you do that? And then what would be the the smartest with the least amount of steps way to do that. And I think that's the perfect approach to writing a buyer's guide. Just thinking about it from that perspective and really addressing all of the things that get in the way of getting somebody to check out within the buyer's guide. That's a great way to, to tackle that. Yeah. One thing I, I suggest people do is if you're answering the phone and you're answering customer questions, get a legal pad. This is my favorite productivity tool. It's just a legal pad. Um, keep that next to your phone. And every time someone cold calls and asks a question like, Hey, what's, you know, what's the deal? What's going on with this product? I got, how did shipping work, et cetera. Write that stuff down, write down every one of those questions and make sure you're answering it in places that make sense. You know, often we will, you know, we'll have, um, uh, shipping policies on like a shipping policy page, an abbreviated version in an FAQ. I have that, you know, those common questions on an about page. Sometimes we even include them in the cart. We'll certainly include some of that stuff on the product page. Um, so answering the, if one person is calling you up and asking that question, guaranteed there are 10 other people who had the same question and just said, forget this, I'm not buying, I'm moving on, you know, to someone who did answer that question for me. Right, for sure. So yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, and then if you've gone through that effort, written that buyer's guide, man, you can leverage that content, you can reuse it, that can go into um, like a, a, uh, an email upsell sequence for uh, for that product, or you could take parts of that and put it into the product's description, and now you've got all this really great original content in there, and new long tail keyword phrases, and and all our SEO people are happy, and everyone's excited. Yeah, I <laughs> love that idea. I, there's definitely a lot of different ways you could use this material. So, uh, Kaylee, this has been this has been insightful and illuminating, and I thank you. Do you have any closing thoughts? Any one piece of misinformation about uh, you know, e-commerce in general that you'd like to correct or one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do, anything at all? 
Um, the one thing I think that would be most important is always keep working on the email list. I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in the sales or order fulfillment or improving their website as a whole. All of those things are important, but I think we often forget about how important building an email list is or having an opt-in on the checkout page or having, you know, those things that are always growing the email list. Because if there's one thing I've realized from writing about e-commerce and um, marketing trends and, and finding out what's most successful and useful, it's that the email list is a huge asset. I mean, it is it converts and provides more ROI than almost any other channel, social media, website combined. Um, and so having that strong growing email list is extremely important. So make it a priority and find out how to deliver more personalized messaging through that channel. Um, and, and that'll be a great, a great sales tool for you moving forward. And I, you know, I can't see that changing anytime soon. That's no passing trend. Um, I've been doing this for four years now and email has remained the top tool that whole time. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. So focus on email, make it a priority. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, if, if you take one thing away from this episode, it's that it's if you are not prioritizing that, that email list, um, engaging with that list, growing that list as you have a huge missed opportunity. So I absolutely would focus on that. Kaylee, Thank you for your time. Where could people go to learn more about you? My website is kayleymore.com. My first name is a little difficult to spell, so make sure to look that up in the show notes or wherever it may be. Um, I'm on Twitter at kayleyf. Uh, same thing there. First name is kind of hard to spell, but um, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. That's the best place to interact with me, so if you have questions, please find me there. I will include both of those in the show notes, and I do encourage people to follow you on Twitter because you're right, you do share some good stuff. So thank you. Thank you so much. And that's it for us today at the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so please join our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. It's getting more and more active, um, and I'm, I'm really pleased to see that. Or sign up for my newsletter. Maybe Facebook's not your thing. Head to curtelster.com, shoot me an email. Either way, I will notify you whenever a new episode goes live so you don't miss out on any of this great competitive advantages, knowledge for your business. And of course, if you'd like to work with me on your next project, you can apply at ethercycle.com. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.